Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And I am back from vacation, Good. ready to rock and roll, helping you guys put together lineups for week eight. We have a ton of burning hot questions. We have matchups to discuss. Uh, we will be putting up our picks for DFS later in the week on the website, so you have to find it only at fignutsdfs.com where you find my official picks for the week. But first, Craig has, with a grin, slid a mystery glass in front of me. He has told me nothing about this beer. It's brownish, mm -hmm. and it's October, right? so I'm guessing it's some form of pumpkin. It is. It is. Okay, so should I just go ahead and taste go this, ahead. or do you want to tell me anything about it? Uh, it's a limited run of beer. Very, very limited. Like five hundred bottles limited. Is it okay to tell me where it's from, or it do is I from this state? It's from a brewery in Connecticut. Yes. Well, we have several now. I, I think do. There's, I, I think I read an article the other day. We have like twenty four now really? operational breweries. Yeah. Now they all have tap rooms, oh. and you know Kent Falls. Like Kent Falls is run out of a farm, but they become really popular. But yeah, I, mean, I think they're actually setting up like a tap room now. Right. But I mean, for like the first four years they were there. around, they were just like, "Yeah, eh, here, ship this all to right, bars." Through the podcast. Let's go. All right. Let's go. We're on it. Oh, by the way, um, a friend of mine went to the one, the new one opening in Reading. Mm -hmm. He was not impressed. So I think we got to give some some time to settle in. All right. So anyway, all right. Looking at this color, it is hazy and brown. Exactly what I would expect from a pumpkin ale. Let's try this. Yeah, he's sipping. His pinky's in the air. He's swishing again, like a somia. I know I said that wrong, but I'm being funny. This tastes like Rosemary's baby. You're close. Is Could the music be? playing right now? Because I'm not the one with the yeah. headphones on. Yeah, it will be. Is this Rosemary's other baby? It's the other baby. <gasps> you went to the brewery on Saturday and got other baby? I did. Oh, you're the man. Mm -hmm. I was working. I could not go. No. I was actually serving beer at a sporting event. But not so this I could beer. Not, go. not this beer. Are you kidding me? What they do would, you think? Uh, it's, you can tell it's Rosemary's baby. He's drinking while I'm talking. You can tell it's Rosemary's Baby, but you can tell that it's different. It's very smooth on the background, yeah, the back end, even smoother than Rosemary's is normally. I'm getting a hint of something different. Is this made with something different? Um, I know there's vanilla in it. That's probably what I'm and going it's with. Aged longer in the barrels or in the fermenter? The barrels. Okay, that's a change. In the past, they used to age it longer in the fermenters. Two roads. For the love of cheese, sponsor us. <laughs> I mean, come on. We love your stuff. We drink it every week. The music's playing. I mean, wow, this is really good. Yeah. And, a pot, and a very big surprise. Thank you so much for getting that. So you got this on Saturday at the release day because mm -hmm. they were very clear it was only going to be available on Saturday. Did you get the other one? I did. Rosemary's Stepchild, I believe yes. it's called. Mm -hmm. Now, I won't try that because that's a sour. I have not tried it yet. You it's have still not. In the fridge. Okay, so next, your job between now and next podcast is to try the Rosemary's stepchild and let us know how it is because All right, I, I am not easily. a sour. Sours and goes are like the only two beers I absolutely will not touch. So Craig will have to report back on that. So, well, I have been gone for far too long and I have a list of burning <laughs> hot take questions a mile long. Good. So we're going to jump into it. All right. Pick your poison, Craig. Okay. Pick a number between one and six. 
These, by the way, this week, uh, all users submitted. I put really? out a call on Twitter. I all sent right. email to members of Fig Nation, and I got responses. Text, wow. are these emails. from people we know? Some of them are, yes. Don't ask me who wrote what, because I didn't. I just jotted right, them all, all down right, as they came fair. in. Okay, go ahead. But give me a number between one and six. Mm, four. Number four. Okay. Simply stated, all right. what the hell is going on with Matt Ryan and the, the Falcons? Uh, <clears throat> after that Super Bowl, as with a lot of teams that lose horribly in the Super Bowl, they are not the same team the following year. I'm going to take I it a step further. Their morale's different. They look at the game differently. Now they're second-guessing themselves a lot. Kyle Shanahan's gone. That is a big, big that is thing a as well. a huge part That's of it huge. for me. They do not ha- know how to distribute the ball right now. I'd say offensive coordinators or defense coordinators and either coordinator make a huge difference in teams. Oh, like it, people don't only look at the the head coach, mm-hmm. but there are so many other pieces that it's it's ridiculous. You're absolutely right. This is I'm just gonna just gonna list these names: Devontae Freeman, mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman, mm-hmm. Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, uh, Austin Hooper, and Taylor Gabriel. Yep. Those are all people who are screaming for the ball. And you can't, they're just I only not. have one of those people on my season-long teams. Uh, and it's I've Hooper. Freeman. And you know what? It's funny. I heard one person say Hooper's only startable when Sanu is hurt. All right. Interesting. That first week, in week one, Hooper had like the 86-yard yeah. touchdown where mm-hmm. he ran his route and realized no one was standing around him and just started to take off. And Matt Ryan just chucked it down the field and he got like a... 13 point play out of it. Other than that, every week he's had that's been like four or five fantasy points or more has been because Muhammad Sanu has not played. So there's just, they just, they can't distribute the rock. And they just, I don't know. I don't know. But yes, I definitely think the Kyle Shanahan thing has impacted it. It does, definitely. You know, okay. Do you have any questions for me or should I just keep going down my list? Uh, I have one for you. Go for it. I, uh, with the injury in Arizona, is Arizona done? Is Carson Palmer done, like, professionally? Professionally, no. Should he be done for the year? Yes. Um, I'm pulling out my sheet. He's got his sheet in his hand. I do. He's opening the sheet. It's upside down. Upside down. Upside down. <laughs> Arizona's three and four. Um, they're one and one in the division already. The Rams look really solid. And here's here's a quick trivia question. All right. Who has scored the fewest points in the NFC West this year? Not a trick. It's Arizona. San Francisco has scored more points in Arizona. Really? Yes. I would have never guessed that. And they are 0 and 7. Okay. It's not by a ton. It's 119 to 123. But the Rams are scoring far more. Your your running back is dead. You drafted Adrian Peterson. I honestly, I would start banking for next year already. And I understand we're only a week eight, but Larry Fitzgerald is not going to do well without him there. I just, they need an offensive line and their offensive line is not good. I really would start working for next year because I don't see the Rams or Seattle having a significant fall and giving way. What do you think? Same thing. Uh, When I was looking at, you know, Palmer's stats and Fitzgerald's stats, and even Peterson, when he started that first week, I was like, right. all right, I can see there's potential in this team, even though their offensive line is not great. But now that Palmer's hurt, 
And Forget I have, it. I have no idea where their backup is. Forget and, it. Uh, yeah. I've had time since our last podcast. We had the same conversation to our last podcast. We Who's did. the backup? Who's that guy? I didn't bother to look it up. I don't care. You know? Nope. You know? Carson Palmer ain't walking through that door. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, All right. All right. You, you answer question number four. Give me one more. Ooh. Let's go with number uh, ooh, hmm, hmm, hmm. six. Number six. This is a multi-part question. You oh, should perfect. not have picked this one. <laughs> this is a bunch of either or. From a fantasy perspective, okay. pick one of the following in each pair. All right. All right? Mm-hmm. Wentz. Or Alex Smith? Wentz. Bell or Brown? Which Brown? Antonio. Oh, well, I'm just checking. Which Brown would you think it could possibly be? Bell. Okay. The Cleveland offense. Okay. Or the San Francisco offense? San Francisco. Even with that terrible backup quarterback in, whose name I can't remember? Yeah, because they haven't, the games they've lost, they haven't lost by much. Okay. AJ Green or Julio Jones? Yeah, at this point, I'll go with AJ. Okay. So my choice, I'm going to go with Alex Smith just because I have a lot more faith in my Chiefs. Uh, I'm going to go with Bell because I always take the ground over the air. And I'm going to also take the San Francisco offense just because Carlos Hyde is still there. And I will absolutely take AJ Green. So I agree with you on all of those. That was just in either or. So the nice, question, this, nice. this one came out of who's the MVP? At the halfway point of the of the year, Wentz or Smith, oh, or somebody um, else. Those two, I right now I would say Smith. Right now, but again, you're we're talking about the rest of the year too. You know, I mean, the AFC West is much more of a crapshoot than the NFC East. I yeah, think the Eagles are going to win that division. Probably. I mean, Dallas and Washington are really good. The Giants are really bad. Denver and Oakland are very average and the Chargers are very bad. Right. So it's kind of a half dozen one, six the other. What makes me positive for the Chiefs is the Chiefs have the AFC East as their draw this year mm-hmm. and they've already beaten the one team I was worried about. So yeah, they still got to deal with Buffalo. They still got to deal with the Jets. Yep. And they still got to deal with Miami. I'm not afraid of any of those teams from the Chiefs. I'm not. I'm just not. Where are they this week? They're at home against the Broncos. This is a big week for the Chiefs. They got to bounce back. You can't. Are they playing at home? Yes, it's in Kansas City. It's the Monday night game. Oh. This will be, I think, the fourth straight week the Chiefs are on national television. Really? Because they played. I don't want the Bengals to be on national television. Well, yeah. They played Thursday night this week in week seven. Week six, they were the Sunday night game. And in week five, they were the spotlight game on, I think, CBS or Fox. Really? Yeah. So. Huh. All right. Any more questions for me or should I just continue down our uh, user let's list? Let's go down your list. Okay. So let's just go right down the list now. What do you do with Martavius Bryant from a fantasy perspective and as a team? Um, if he is that unhappy, trade him. I disagree. I spent a lot of the special episode earlier this week complaining about why it's important for the Steelers to actually start putting down the boot on people. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity. When he posts on Instagram that he's better than Juju Smith-Schuster, which is what he did, and then deleted it like 30 seconds later. But as we all know from memes, one does not simply delete something from the <laughs> internet. No. When he did that, 
He committed conduct detrimental to the team. That's a one-game suspension. Make him sit. Make him take a, a loss of a check, and he'll shut his mouth. This is an opportunity for them to exert some organizational control, which they clearly don't have in Pittsburgh. When a guy who's been accused of crimes is the most tame member of your team. Which guy? I'm talking about Ben Roethlisberger. We all know about oh, his past. Yeah, yeah, we don't yeah, have to yeah. go into that. Yeah, right, right. Okay. He's the most tame and respectable member of your team in terms of performance on the field. I mean, he's not doing well, but he's not showboating. He's not showing up officials. He's just trying to do his job. You have a problem. This is an opportunity for Mike Tomlin to put his foot down. And so Mike Tomlin should, should use the lines from The Rock or Rock's line. Oh, know your do role. It. Shut your mouth. <laughs> know your role. Shut your mouth. Or other way around. Or or the other way around. Upside down. So, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's an opportunity. And he came out today. Ooh, did the lights just flicker? Are we still recording? Yes. Okay. Keep going. Oh, boy. It's a little windy here. Yeah, right now we're in um, what would be considered really solid Halloween weather. We're getting like, yeah, 40 mile an hour wind gusts, rain. You know, all we need is... But my, you know, the laptop's charged, so we're good. Okay, so that so it doesn't affect anything if we lose power. Not right now. Other than we're talking in the dark. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. Steelers, Tomlin, put his foot down. Oh, he came out today and said that there will be no trade, by the way. He said, I'm not talking about it. There's no need to trade him. There will be no trade. That's yeah, the all end. Right. All right, next question. What player... That is really hot in the first half is going to be really bad in the second half. Ooh. Who's dropping off the cliff? <clears throat> Who is dropping off the cliff? While you think about it, I've got my answer already. It's um, Kareem Hunt. You think so? I love Kareem Hunt. He's you done do. fantastic jobs for my Chiefs. He's been my number two running back on my fantasy team, my season long, became my number one because he was so good. But I think it's difficult to sustain this level of performance, particularly as more and more tape surfaces. I think he's going to drop off a little bit in the second half. He's still going to be a great running back. He's going to be a top five running back at the end of the year, but I think he's going to start to drop off a little bit. What do you think? Um, well, this person I'm thinking of isn't... He's okay. People thought he was going to do better okay. this year, but I don't think he's really going to improve from what he's doing now. <clears throat> so, so, there, so he's at his ceiling. Yes. Uh, and that would be Cam Newton. Wow. For me. I don't think Cam Newton is going to be the quarterback we thought he was going to be this year. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, his skills are fine, but that night I watched him, was that two weeks ago? They're on TV, Thursday night. He just threw without aiming. Funches couldn't catch anything. Like, I don't know. It just was not a good game. And is there a more polar quarterback in terms of how the quote-unquote fantasy experts view him than Cam Newton? He's either the greatest thing that's ever happened and you're all crazy for doubting him or he's done every single week. I hear somebody one or the other. And that's the thing. Again, I listen while I'm at my day job. I listen to serious fantasy X uh, serious XM fantasy football all the time. And I will. I'll hear back to back shows. I'll hear John Hansen, the guru, say Cam's going to have a great week. And then football focus comes on and they read me metric numbers that tell me why Cam's going to be terrible. And they go off the air and I'm com- on comes roster watch and roster watch is telling me he's going to be terrible. And then the next guys are like, no, he's great. 
everybody, I've never met a more polar, polarizing is the word I should look for, quarterback mm-hmm. in fantasy football as Cam Newton. You're Agreed. right. This one comes from our friend Cinch. I remember this one. Thank you again to Cinch for sitting in for last week. You did a fantastic job. We, we cannot wait to have you back. But the other part is, with Cinch on last week, do you know the line of people who are dying to get on this podcast? Uh, no, like two of them. Yes. <laughs> and all two of them would like to join us some point in the next couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll try to work that out. But this comes from Cinch. Okay. Caroline is four and three. Yep. But they're in the middle of a division. They're a half a game ahead of Atlanta. They're already behind. Who's leading that division? Who's leading the NFC South? New Orleans. Jeez, how can I forget that? They're a half game behind New Orleans, a half game ahead of Atlanta. And this week, the Panthers are, where are they? I'm looking at, the, they're at the Bucks. The Bucks are also two and four. So a win this week by the Bucks would really pull them into the conversation either way. Mm-hmm. If Carolina loses to the Bucks mm-hmm. in week eight, and they are now four and four, given the fact that New Orleans and Atlanta are really decent and Tampa's up and coming, is the Carolina season over if they lose at Tampa Bay in week eight? Um, I don't have their schedule in front of me. They def- if they lose at Tampa, they're I don't see them winning the division. Possibly, depending on their schedule, I can see them getting a wild card, but that's about it. So I'm pulling up the the, the Carolina right. schedule. Is okay. that what I'm doing right now? All right. But yeah, I think God, at this rate, smells good. I think at this rate, um, New Orleans is going to win the division. Did your wife just cook something? Uh, something came out of the microwave. It smells really freaking good. Man, I must be. It might have been what I made for dinner yesterday. Maybe. Absolutely. All right, so they've got the Bucks this week. Okay. So we're presuming in this situation they lose to the Bucks. So right. that puts them at four and four. You got to track the wins loss, right? All right. So All four right. and four. At home against the Falcons. Okay. Win or loss? Uh, loss. That's five losses. Mm-hmm. Dolphins at Panthers. Uh, win. Five and five. Panthers at Jets. Win. Six and five. Panthers at Saints. Loss. Six and six. Vikings at Panthers. Ooh. Loss. Six and seven. Packers at Panthers, December 17th. Rodgers is probably not back then, right? Where are they playing? In Carolina. Mm. Mm, I'll give him a win on that one. So that's 7-7. Seven and seven. Mm-hmm. Bucks at Panthers. Win. On Christmas Eve. <laughs> uh, win. Win? Okay, so that's 8-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. So then their playoff hopes come down to a New Year's Eve game. In Atlanta against the Falcons. I, I They can't. The Falcons are going to need that win. Yeah. So 8-8? Eight and eight? That's not making the playoffs in the NFC this year. No, I mean, depending how the Falcons do. The Falcons I, I, seem kind of lost this year. They do, but I think they're going to rally. I think the Falcons are still good for 9 or 10 wins. I do. I know. I understand. That means that in order for them to get to 10 wins, they got to go, what, 6-2 and two down the stretch? Yes. I think that's possible. All right. They got to write the ship. They got it's possible. So, whoops, I turned off the timer. Uh-oh. The ship has gone awry. Nope, nope, the timer is still running. I just I just closed it, so I don't know how much time we have left to talk. So, okay. 
Uh, we talked about what's going on with Matt Ryan and the Falcons. And the last one is just a takeoff of the Wentz and Smith conversation. We talked about Wentz and Smith as MVP candidates. Mm-hmm. Is there a non-quarterback MVP candidate halfway through the season? Hmm. For me, I think it'd either be it would either be Ertz or Kamara. Wow, Kamara, really? He's not even a starter technically, if you think about it. No, I think out of all the all the rookie running backs, he's the one. Now I know about your your. Um, what about Fournette and Hunt? Well, now Fournette's hurt. I think he's gonna be back this week. By the way, Hunt is Hunt is better. You know, Hunt is probably the top tier. But I think he's gonna peter off. He's gonna come back to the norm. Yeah, because now everyone's kind of expecting him to get the ball. He's a good fade in week eight. Let me just say yeah. that right now that the Broncos at the Chiefs is a good fade, Kareem Hunt. Now, Britt, when you say fade, what do you mean? Okay, so a fade is a player you don't want to use either at all or tremendously a number of. I set five to six lineups every week, and it's usually almost all of them are based off the variations I post on our website or or talk about in this podcast. When I am uh, pushing a player strongly, I'll use them a lot. When I'm fading a player, it means I'm only putting them in where I really feel that they're going to have a strong chance of providing me um, value or they're going to really go above and beyond and and make uh, make a difference in terms of contrarian plays. Contrarian plays are very simply going against the grain. Last week in the article in week seven, I suggested you all use Brandon Tate from Buffalo. I was wrong. Really Freaking Even the guru was wrong. Wrong. What's that? Even the guru gets stuff wrong. Everybody gets stuff wrong. I was also wrong about Eric Decker. The two of them posted I zero will points. I never use Eric Decker for anything. I, I'm kind of on that boat now, too. But Brandon Tate, I put him into a tournament lineup. Because in tournament lineups, you want to try and grab that guy who's lightning in a bottle that no one else is using. Brandon Tate was 0.2% owned mm-hmm. in the tournament I was in. There was like 5,000 of us. How'd you do? I didn't cash. Well, how but did that, he do? He got zero points. <laughs> I don't even think he was targeted. Oh, never mind that. But think about it this way. So out of 5,000 lineups, what does that put him in? Like three? 30? Somewhere? In, I can't do the math. I'm I'm, I'm too busy sucking down Rosemary's other baby to actually be able to do math right now. Um, but it, very low ownership. What if? And this is a huge what if. Huge if. What if Tyrod Taylor had thrown twice him in the end zone? He was like a $3,000 wide receiver option I use as a value play. If he had thrown one-yard touchdown passes, that'd be plus 10. He'd be at 3x value. I would have cashed. I would have looked like a genius. I would have been way ahead of everybody else. That's the risk you got to take sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's where cash and tournaments are different. So that's why I talk about like fades are guys I'm... Fades are guys you think you should use, but probably shouldn't. Good example, week seven, Chris Ivory. We should have faded Chris Ivory. We didn't. We didn't know that TJ Yeldon was going to come out of retirement and actually <laughs> perform. Actually play. Yeah, exactly. Actually play a game. But those are the kinds of guys you look at. So, um, yeah. So Craig is really great with reminding me that not everybody knows the terminology. So thank you, Craig. So... So those are burning hot take questions. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. Um, and we will definitely be asking for more. Please don't hesitate to email us your questions. 
fignutsdfs at gmail.com and put them on our Twitter at fignutsdfs. Week eight. Week eight. There we are. All right. So in front of us is the schedule. Mm-hmm. And because I'm an idiot, I already marked the three highest <laughs> and two lowest over unders of the year of the week. There are no 50 plus this week. I heard one pundit today say on the radio, oh, hi, Fiona. Fiona has entered the studio, as she often does. Um, I heard one pundit say that this is the lowest scoring year in like 15 years. Really? I find that really hard to believe, given the uh, the way the offense has gone. But so be it. If that's the way it is, that's the way it is. There's no 50-plus plays. The closest stuff we have, we have a couple guys at 48. We have one guy at 47 and a half. Without looking at my schedule over there, could you guess any of the teams involved? I'm not asking for matchups. Okay. If I had to say to you, three of these games are 47 and a half points or more. Okay. Give me a team involved in one of those matchups without looking at the schedule, which you uh, just look directly at. I didn't at. really look at. All right. So what's the number I'm thinking of? 47 and a half. Just give me a team mm-hmm. whose offense you have faith in this week. Ooh. Uh, Start anyone, with your buddies. Anyone playing the Browns? <laughs> anyone playing the Browns? Okay, the Browns are hosting the Vikings, and right. no, 37 really? and a half. They are one of the low totals of the week. There's only two games, by the way, under 40, and that's one of them. So I'm in, I will be strongly encouraging the Viking defense strongly <laughs> encouraging the Viking defense. They're a good defense to begin with. Mm-hmm. In season long, about three weeks ago, I had to pick up... Uh, I, I stream defenses a lot in se- season long. And I had to pick somebody up. And I'm looking, and the Vikings are out there, and I'm like, the Vikings are bad. Let's see who they're playing. <gasps> they have Cleveland in two weeks? Are you kidding? Oh, my God. Yeah, CBS has had them plus 24. Well, let's see if they <laughs> actually hit that. CBS is off sometimes. Yes, it is. But even they re- recognize that there's a uh, a big problem with that. So, All right. So, no, they're one of the low totals. Again, right. don't look at that. Give me a team you think is going to perform big time in this week. Big time. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go with the Saints. The Saints are always a really good pick because they're at home. They are the highest over-under this week. They are hosting the Bears. Their over-under is 48. All right. I have concerns about the Saints against the Bears defense because Bears really bottled up the the Panthers. But you and others have told me, as we talked about earlier this week, um, that might be just Cam Newton's inability more so than um, the Bears defense. So that's, that's definitely a game All I'm right. targeting. All right, one more. Give me one more team that's really high scoring this week, and then I'll tell you the answers. One more team that's high scoring this week. Um, Let's go with the Patriots. The Patriots are hosting the Chargers, and that is the highest over-under of the week at 48.5. I don't wow. know how. Because the Chargers aren't good. They're not going to actually, well, the Chargers aren't going to score that much. So. There's there's your Brit sigh of desperation, <laughs> which really should be sponsored. I really want to be able to go. And this sigh from Brit is sponsored by <laughs> Two Roads Brewery. You know, but I they haven't sponsored us yet, and they should. Um, yes, I don't see the Chargers getting more than twenty points. At best, 
maybe 17. So that means that Vegas is relying on the Patriots to put up 22 to 23 points by themselves. And that's possible because the Chargers D is really, really bad. Right. So the other game that's in the uh, upper 40s this week is Niners at Eagles. With the exception of this last week, the Niners have been a very solid team. And uh, they just can't win games. But offensively, they've been better than they were. And obviously, the Eagles are just clicking right now. So are the 49ers the Washington Generals of this league right now? No, the Browns are. No question. Oh, no question. The Browns are the worst. The Browns have no idea what they're doing. The Browns, I heard that Cleve, I heard that Ohio was going to introduce a scratch game where first place was to play for the Browns. So <laughs> I, and that, that could only make their fantasy value go up. So, um, yeah, the cat was just doing something really weird and I pointed at it. And of course, as soon as I point, she stops doing it. <laughs> well, she likes to be on the podcast. She, well, Fiona is our, our, our spirit animal, if you will. Um, Hey, are we, you know what, you know, you know what, can I divert sure. really yeah, quick? Go ahead. You, you know, haven't been on. I'm listening to you and Cinch talk last All week, right. and you guys did a tremendous job. Again, thank you, Cinch. And one thing was missing that has been present in like the last 10 episodes straight. Yeah. You didn't say hi to Deb. I didn't? You. No one said hi to oh, our friend Deb. So damn it. Deb, Sorry, episode Deb. 18, Hi, Deb. Dedicate it to Deb. Sorry, Deb. We're going to dedicate this episode to you, and you know why. It's been a rough week for Deb on top of, of other things. So, um, hi, Deb, and uh, thank you for listening. So, And thank you for Cinch for podcasting. There's going to come a point in time where so many people are going to contribute to this where I'm going to spend an hour thanking people. But <laughs> until then. I'm going to have to play the orchestra music to uh, play you off. So, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like the Oscars. <laughs> I want to thank Cinch and no, no, don't, 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 please. This is my moment. This is my moment. And then you got to say something insightful like time is fleeting and we are only here, but a second of time. God, please. We'll, we'll end end the podcast. We ever get to there. All right. So those are the good games getting back on track. Yep. Those are the good games this week. The bad games this week in terms of overall total. We talked about Vikings at Browns. Mm-hmm. The other ones is Dolphins at Raiders. 37 and a half over under. Really? I would take the over on that. Really? I would. 37. Okay, so predict the final score of that game and you got to be at 38 points or more. Um, I'm going to go 21-17. I'm going to go 27-21. 27-21, that's 48 points. It's not that either are really good defensively. They're just both inept offensively. I really think that game could be 35 to 2. It's possible. Or or like 27 to 3 in favor of Miami. I think really to me, oh yes. The Ravens look terrible. Ravens. You said Oakland before. Did I say Oakland? I thought you did. Oh, I thought geez. you said the Raiders. Stop drinking. <laughs> Dolphins at Ra- at Ravens. <laughs> Oh, okay. Ravens. At Ravens. I thought you said Raiders. 37 and a half. That's why I said No, the I Raiders are... Where are the Raiders this week? I'm looking at the thing. Are they off this week? I don't Maybe. see... Yeah, oh, they there are. they are. Raiders at Bills. That's right. We talked about that earlier this week. So, uh, no. Dolphins at Ravens. The Ravens really look like a team that's just lost. Yes. Is Flacco back? He is. I actually had one listener write out to us and say... What do you think about the Ravens trading Flacco 
to like Jacksonville or somewhere else. Sure. And I was Ooh. just like, I'm not even going to entertain that question just because I don't think as bad as Blake Bortles is, would you make a deal for Joe Flacco right now? Not now. Blake Bortles just needs a new coach. He just he needs mechanics work. He just needs a new quarterbacks coach. That's really all he needs. <laughs> terrible. Terrible, terrible. So matchups wise, Dolphins at Ravens, Vikings at Browns. I am fading those matchups. I am not using a lot of people in those matchups. Stefan Diggs, if he's healthy. He's hurt. He's questionable again. Is he questionable? I wasn't even sure what his status he was. He was my starting uh, wide receiver in our league, and now he's been on my bench for three weeks. Dan Bailey's out, by the way, for those of you who do season long or DFS on FanDuel where you have to use a kicker. Dan Bailey is out. Do you know really? who the Cowboys signed to replace Dan Bailey? Uh, no. Mike Nugent. Really? Remember him? Oh yeah, he was a Bengal and a Remember jet. Remember him? His dad's a, jet a, and a Bengal. His dad's a bunker owning weirdo, but he's still out there. He closes his eyes when he kicks. Does he really? There's pictures of him where he's he's a just as he kicks the ball, he closes his eyes. So, has he admitted that he does that every time or is it just sometimes? I don't know, there's you can find pictures of him online of him just Oh, about I believe to kick. it, but has anyone asked him about it? Probably not. Get him on the phone. Let's he go. Should. What's he doing? Well, now Let's he's go. Well, now he's practicing <laughs> with the, 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 the Dallas Cowboys. That's the problem. He's practicing right now. But so, and, and apparently, I heard this online today too, that a couple weeks ago when Caleb Sturgis got hurt, the week after, he was like 7% owned in some draft, I'm sorry, FanDuel tournament lineups. So 7% of the people who played on FanDuel really didn't bother to look to see that their kicker had been placed on IR. Even though when you go to draft a team on FanDuel, it puts the letters next to their picture if they're on the injury report. So there's a it picture. It does that in DraftKings too. Oh yeah, they both do. There's a picture FanDuel. of Caleb Sturgis and the letters That's IR. That's an awesome name though. It is a great name. God bless him. Oh, where's my trophy? There. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I won Sturgis Bowl. I did not get a chance to gloat because I was away, but I won the Sturgis Bowl. And that trophy, which I bought for $3 off of eBay, (laughs) and I think used to be for yachting, it's from like 1929, is coming home with me for the first time in like three years. It is. So, um, up there. See, we should have talked about Caleb Sturgis. You could have gotten away with it clean. Damn it. So, (laughs) but I mean, again, 7% of people aren't paying enough attention to know that Caleb Sturgis is injured. No. When I'm listening and you to, would do that in daily. I can see that doing it in season long, but in daily, daily it's impossible. <sighs> Pay attention. And I'm listening to Jeff Manns this afternoon, and Jeff Manns is talking like this. Dan Bailey is <laughs> out. I'm like, wow, we really you have are to listening to me talk. Really, exactly. We have to talk like that to our audience in order for folks to understand that somebody is is or is not going to play. It's crazy talk to me. So. Okay, so on to the next topic. So DFS. All right. I don't have any numbers ready. None. None. Nothing. I highly recommend using Saints players, Eagles players, and Patriots players because they're all home and they're all on highly regarded matchups. So, but I will, and I will publish an article later this week on the website, fignutsdfs.com, where you can uh, come and see. Did you see, by the way, the week, uh, the week seven breakdown? No. So one of the things I've started doing is assigning a Simpsons character 
to each week I as like to my threat level. I like that. Week seven was crazy cat lady. <laughs> because week seven, even though I cashed. Which week was threat level Lisa? Was that the week? That before? was like four or five. That was one where we cashed oh, okay. evenly, but we didn't make money. We just broke even. Okay. Um, week seven was crazy cat lady. Because even though we made money, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I just, I was just like I want to put on I want to put on a house coat I want to grab six or seven cats and I want to wander down the street mumbling incoherently that's that's how frustrated I am with DFS so please go to the website read that and that's with five of my 12 picks making value it's not like I had a horrendous week but looking at that list I started to think to myself who's making value and who's missing value and why so here's what I did I okay. went online and I went to our season-long league mm-hmm. and I pulled up the five highest scoring players at each position. All right. They are, in a season-long league right now, this is a CBS slightly modified PPR format, Alex Smith, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. and Jameis Winston comes in at number five, I as shocking as that is. Running backs were Gurley, Hunt, Bell, Fournette and Elliott. Now, for the purposes of analysis, I took out Fournette because he did not play this week. All right. Wide receivers are Brown, Fitzgerald, Hill, Green, and Hopkins. I have one of those. You do so far. You've got one of the best, like twenty players in fantasy football. Tight end was Kelsey, Gronk, Ertz, Brat, Brat, Everts, Brait, <laughs> and Engram. Evan Engram's had such a great last two weeks that he snuck into number five. That's how bad tight end has been this year. So now, I cross-referenced that list with how many times in the first seven weeks each of those players by position has made value in DFS. All right. So 33 opportunities those five guys had in quarterback to make value on DraftKings. Okay. Of the 33 times... 20 times they made value for 60% of all opportunities. Running back, 42%. Wide receiver, 30%. Tight end, 46%. So what that tells me is that at only 30%, the top scoring wideouts are not value plays. They're more chalk plays, guys you have to save money elsewhere so you can use them. Antonio Brown has made value exactly zero of seven times. Because that since sums up Pittsburgh. Because since day one, his his um salary has been over nine thousand dollars. Now, Britt, yes. when you say someone makes value, that means they make what do you three mean? times their their salary in terms of thousands of dollars. So if someone is $5,000. They need 15 points. All right. Antonio Brown's been $9,000 since day so one. So he would need... 27. Uh, yeah. He hasn't hit it yet. And he's not been 9,000 every week. He's been 9,300, 9,100. But he is always the top of the salary list. So, yes, he's the top scoring wide receiver in fantasy football. But he's not a value play. He's someone you put in because you saved money somewhere else. So you have to save money in other places in order to use somebody like Antonio Brown. So these numbers were rather dire. So 
60% in the quarterback numbers. That's to be expected because think about the names here. Alex Smith, nobody saw him coming. Carson Wentz, he wasn't really high-priced early on. Deshaun Watson wasn't even the starter in week one. (laughs) Jameis Winston knew he was okay, but we didn't think he was going to be. So part of it is, you know, anticipating people were going to break out. So that's part of it. But look at the tight end list. Kelsey and Gronk. Okay, we knew that. Zach Ertz. Did anybody think Zach Ertz was going to be the number three tight end Mm -hmm. after seven weeks? Well, Craig did. Well, maybe me. Then Cameron Brate. Cameron no, Brate. No, no. Evan Ingram was going to be number five. Didn't even realize he was a tight end. Right. See? Right. So, I mean, some of it's to be, you know, some of it's like the names are unexpected. Leonard Fournette's a number four running back in fantasy football, and he missed a week. He missed a week this week. Is he? How hurt is he? Is he coming back? Honestly, haven't looked at anything on him yet because Jacksonville just does not matter to me. Are the Jags even playing this week? Are they off this week? Let's check your schedule. I'm looking. I don't see them. I think they're They're off. off. They're off. They're off. Tennessee's off. Green Bay's off. Most of the people on my season-long team are off. That's not good for you. Who are you playing this week? I am playing our friend DJ. Oh, fantastic. The guy who's right behind me in the seasonal standings. Thanks a lot, Craig. And probably four of my starters are off. You have one job. I even had to pick up a new kicker. Ay, ay, ay. (laughs) That's going to be a rough week for Britt. I think I have to play Cinch, who is, uh, by the way, the highest scoring team in a league, even though he does not have a great record. He's like the number two scoring team every single week, and he always seems to be playing the top scoring team. So, Okay, so I took it a step further. So 60% of quarterbacks in the top five are making value. 42% at running back, that's to be expected. 46% at tight end, but only 30% at wide receiver. So what does that tell me? That tells me that the wide receivers, I shouldn't look to value at the chalk and wide receiver, I should look in the depths of wide receiver, second and third stringers who have a potential to break out. Like, I don't know, Marquise Lee, because uh, somebody gets hurt. He's also injured. Is he hurt now too? Great. He was. Uh, Alan Hearns, who all of a sudden got promoted to a, a starring role, so to speak. Um, Sterling Shepard, if he can actually walk. You know, well, those, those, those targets went to Evan Ingram, so it's kind of hard to say that. But So then I took a step further. All right. I went on DraftKings yep. and I looked up the week eight values and I said, show me the money, the same information. How many times did these people get at least three times their salary and points? But give me the top five people in week eight, the right. top five most expensive people. Quarterbacks, 56%. Running backs, 32%. Wide receivers, 12%. Wow, really? Tight end, 37%. So let's go. That wide receiver number sticks out, right? Very much so. Antonio Brown's the most expensive wide receiver this week. He has not made value all year. AJ Green, who has come up on this list, he started off pretty cheap and now he's getting expensive. Two out of six. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones has made value once all year this week. That's it. Scored 34 points with a 9,000 salary. So 9,000 salary. That's nine times three is 27. He scored 30 some odd points. That makes him value. That's the only time all year he's done it. Mike Evans has not made value yet this year. Des Bryant is the fifth uh, receiver on their, their value list. One of six times. So a total of four out of 31 opportunities has a chalk wide receiver from week eight made value. Does that mean you shouldn't use them? Hell no. It means you use you have got to go cheap at tight end 
and quarterback in order to use them. And that's the big point here. You can 32% of the time, one of the running backs goes for value. They're Bell, Elliott, Gordon, Hunt, and Ingram in that order. Hunt has not made value since week three because he was cheap. Did mm-hmm. People didn't know what to think of Kareem Hunt initially. Since then, he has missed value four straight weeks. Is he bad? Is he unusable? No, but I wouldn't use him until I've saved money somewhere else. So based on these numbers, these percentages, I want to go with quarterbacks. The top five scoring quarterbacks, 60% of the time, they make, they make value. Guys like Alex Smith make value a lot. But I want to go, if I'm going to go value, I want to go really unexpected at wide receiver and maybe at running back here and there. So what I'm recommending to folks in week eight, and again, I'll get into this into the article a lot more, balance. Use a stud running back, but use a not stud running back, a value running back. This week, I recommended Al Gore. Uh, Al Gore. Al Gore. Wow. Al Gore did not score any points this week in fantasy football. This is what happens when you, you mix. You are listening to me talk. This is what happens when you mix beer and podcasting, folks. Frank Gore. Frank Gore had been consistent. He'd only been under 10 points twice all year. He had made it three times. Okay. But had Frank Gore come in at like 10 or 11 points and made value, it would have been better. And that lets me use Zeke Elliott. I want to use A.J. Green. Great, but that means I got to use a Brandon Tate or an Eric Decker and take a risk there. Balance it. So the question becomes, based on this information, where do you balance those positions? Will you balance it much stronger at wide receiver? If you want to use Antonio Brown, you need to use two lesser wideouts or you need to be able to pay down at tight end and quarterback. Last week, you could have played, you could have paid $5,000 for Blake Bortles and giving yourself more money at wideout. And Blake Bortles is one of the top five wideouts on DK. So a lot of over analysis here. Just throw it all at Craig for the first time. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? <clears throat> uh, it makes sense to me. If someone doesn't know how DFS works, it may not make sense. Correct. In which case, go back to episode one and start listening from the beginning. So here's a question for you. Okay, go for it. Someone wants to get in DFS now. Right now. Right now. Right. So they're listening to our podcast. Right. When they open up the DraftKings app. Correct. So they go to DraftKings and make an account. Yes. And, and if now, you're making an account, make sure you go to our Twitter and click one of our links because we both get bonuses if you do so. Yes. Um, you can play for free the first couple of weeks. That's true. You could. So you go to the lobby thing, right? Yes. And you pick... Um, the NFL, because that's what season is. Right, you're going to get a list of classic. different pool types. And I'm going to go, I don't know, let's just say we're with Sunday Sunday games. Right. There's 11 games. Right. I don't play the smaller pools. I, I mean, it doesn't mean I, I have to play th- Thursday through Monday, but when they do no. afternoon only and it's like four games, I steer clear. Now, here's the thing. When someone opens this, they come up with this list that says featured, head-to-head, tournament, right. 100 plus multiplayer right. 3 to 99 casual 50 50 double up multiplier You're, you are like, absolutely heading to the beginner tab your very first time you are mm-hmm. heading to the beginner tab DraftKings does a uh, method where they restrict entries based on how much you <coughs> wagered in the past you start off in beginner then you graduate to casual then after that they put a cool star next to your name to let everybody know you've bet thousands of dollars on DFS 
go into the beginner pools. You want to be in the same pool with people who have spent less than, I think it's $1,000 all told, or maybe it may be less than that, or maybe it might be a number of pools. It might be 20 pools. Go into the beginner to start. Do not, because your beginner, whether you use it or not, the clock starts ticking. So I go into the millionaire maker. Oh, it's a $20 entry. Oh, I'm going to put in 10 teams. You're burning your beginner beginner eligibility, whether you use beginner or not. So go into the beginner pools first. Use that eligibility. Take yourself out of the pools with the guys who've been doing this for four or five years who sit around in their mom's basement all day trying to figure out matchups and cornerbacks Side versus note, wide receiver. Loft. Yeah, we're not in anybody's basement, no. <laughs> and we're not as bad as some of the folks out there. There are guys literally who sit there and generate numbers all day long. I go back to the story. The very first live final, I think it was a million dollars in Las Vegas six years ago, a guy who is, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's now, he does the the projections for a living. He picked a giant whiteout because he needed to fit somebody in at $3,000 to fill out his lineup. He used a computer to generate the probability that this guy would catch one touchdown. And it was like 0.4%. But it was the best chance he had. He tossed him in the lineup. I cannot even remember the name of the player. But I remember it was Giants versus Cowboys. And it was the touchdown pass that won the game. It was like their fifth string wide receiver. He catches the ball. This guy wins a million dollars. And that player never saw the field again. And it was all because he overanalyzed everything. That he won this, this pool. And now he looks like a genius because he knew what he was doing. Don't worry about that. Get out of those folks by going to the beginner pool and just going to the beginner pool and saying, okay, I want to learn how to play the game and go simple, go cash, go 50-50s, go double ups. Try to stay clear of the tournaments to begin with. It will help you a great deal. So now what does 50-50 mean? So a 50-50 means literally half the pool is going to win cash. If 50 people are in, 25 are going to win, 25 are going to lose. Double ups are a little bit different. Double ups mean whatever the entry fee is, you're going to win twice as much. So there may be 50 people in it, but only the top 22 win. That's because the site needs to make money. Right. So if it's a dollar entry and 50 people get in and 22 22 people leave with $2 each, that's $44. The site rakes in six bucks. That's how they stay in business is by doing things like that. So... And now, should people stay away from things that say multiple lineups? In general, yes. Um, particularly, well, in the beginner pools, it may not be quite so important. But think about this: in a lot of the unregulated pools, the standard lineup is twenty. Is the standard lineup limit? I should say is twenty. No more than twenty lineups per user. So if you and I are in a pool together, Craig, and it's 50 people and there's no limit on lineups and I'm really confident, I'm going to put my lineup in 20 times. The same lineup. The same lineup in most cases. Sometimes you'll get differentiation, but in a lot of cases, it's the same lineup. And what will happen is you will see numbers 1 through 20 are all the same guy with the exact same score and he's just raked money off the table from everybody. So single entry can help combat that. In the bigger pools like Millionaire Makers, you're going to have to deal with that. But there's a little more diversity there. But in general, you if, if you want if you're starting out and you want to do a tournament, you absolutely want to do a single entry tournament. 
but tournaments and cash games are very different. 50-50s and double-ups are cash games. Tournaments are anything that's got like three or 4,000 people, and the easy way to spot a tournament is if when you go to the contest details, which you can do by tapping the I next to any contest in DraftKings, you tap the I and tap payout structure, it will tell you that first place, second place, third place, fourth place, etc. gets so much money. If it says first through 50th all get $2, that's a cash pool. Everybody is winning the and that's same what the amount. Guru does. Yes. Tournaments are first place 1000, second place 500, third place 200, fourth place 50. The height you go matters. Those are harder tournaments to win. I always recommend going for the 50/50s and double ups because everybody's on the same same peel. You have got to just get above a certain line to be successful. So that's a great question, Craig, because it's a good time for us to, to to go back over that. Particularly seeing as a lot of people are frustrated with season long. You know, if you're two and, if you're two and five after week seven, you don't want to give up on football, but you don't want to put in more energy into a team that's not going to recover. I understand that. You can start looking at DFS. Go to DraftKings and check out their offerings, and that's the easiest way to go. So does that answer your question? That does. And I think that's a good one because there are a lot of folks out there who still haven't tried. I mean, like Cinch last week was like, I still haven't tried it. I get the feeling Cinch really wants to he try wants it. To. No, that's what he said. He wants to, but he might go down that rabbit hole and not come back. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny because I'm going to Rift Tracks Live tomorrow and Cinch usually comes. and Our dear friend Keith usually comes to that as well. And I think I'm going to go a little bit early because the last time I went early, we ended up having dinner at Buffalo Wild Wings and just chit-chatting. For like half an hour. And maybe it'll be an opportunity for me to say, Cinch, look, here's how it works. Click this link. (laughs) Click this link. Give me $5 to play with. You know, Uh, and it depends. Depending on the week, depends on what your bonus is. Sometimes it's a free entry into a millionaire maker. And that's glorious, except for the fact that I've never placed in a millionaire maker. I'm a cash game expert. What's that? Maybe one day. I've won cash games as high as a $20 entry. And again, I'm not... You know, the folks who put $1,000 out there on cash games, like the guru, God bless them. You know, most of the weeks, my wagering is between 5 and 25 bucks, and my goal is to come back with double that number. And yeah. some, and a lot of weeks, this week, I liked my picks, but I hedged them. I bet $10 total, and I put five of it into a double up that I was positive was going to cash. Well, guess what? That double up cashed. I got the $10 back and then everything else I cashed on was gravy. And I did cash on other pools, but it wasn't like thousands of dollars. It was like two or three dollars here or there on a quarter pool. But I still I cashed. I walked in with 10 bucks. I walked out with more. That's what you're looking to do with DFS, folks. Depending on what your your bankroll is, depends on what kind of pool you want to play and how much you want to wager. But the whole idea is to walk in with X amount of dollars and walk out with X plus more. Right. And that's what we do. That's what we do. You know, am I going to retire off of this? No, no, never know unless you win a million dollars. And that may happen someday. Yeah, it, it that could may happen. happen someday. It could happen. But anyway, so that's a good question. So um, wrapping up final thoughts. Week eight's coming up. We are fading the Dolphins Ravens matchup. We are fading the Vikings Browns matchup, except for the Vikings D because it's against the Browns. We are targeting Niners at Eagles Bears at Saints chargers at patriots specific players i like will be out later in the week well by the time you guys hear this they'll be out so go to the website fignutsdfs.com any of these games you're looking at stacking 
The Saints game is a real appealing stack because it worked the last time. Um, but I'm thinking that that stack is going to be base. The only question is what running back I'm going to use. I want to use Breeze. I want to use Thomas. Because I think the Bears... Well, no, I don't want to say that. That's a stupid thing to say. I was gonna, about to say the Bears can put up points, and they really can't. <laughs> no. So maybe I don't. Maybe, maybe Howard. No. Maybe what I want to stack in that game is both running backs. Maybe I want to push the Ingram-Kamara stack and then say nuts to breeze. So what game is going to be high scoring? Maybe Eagles. Maybe I want to push the Wentz-Ertz stack. Could I afford to do Wentz plus Ingram plus... Um, Are you you really going to do this right now? I'll do it right now. All right, let's let's see what that leaves me. Where did the DraftKings app go? There it is. I'll I'll (laughs) feed you a line, pieces of a lineup. Okay. You tell me what this leaves me. I'm still finishing my beer. Sure. Uh, lobby, and we go to NFL Classic. Uh, Thursday through Monday, um, or Sunday. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. And the answer Do is Sunday only. Sunday, nine games. Yeah. Casual. Yep. Dollar. Yep. All right. Give me Wentz in quarterback. All right. <laughs> That's seventy two hundred. Oh, give me Ingram at running back. All right. That's seventy four. Oh, <laughs> how much is Kamara? Kamara under four K, under four K, under fifty nine. Are you serious? Fifty nine hundred for he's, Alvin Kamara. He's bumped up, man. All right, give me Zach Ertz. He's going to be over 7,000. Uh, oh, that's well, wide receiver. Sorry. Hold on. No, go to tight ends and give me Zach Ertz. <clears throat> All right. Back. We're down at tight end. We are at Ertz. He is 7,000. Oh, my God. All right. What does that leave me in budget? 2250. 22.5. 22.5. And what does it tell me my average per player is left? 45. There is no way I can fill out a wide receiver court 4,500 per. It's simply not going to happen. Who do you get rid of? I'm tempted to ditch Kamara because I did not expect him to be over 5K. All right. How much is Carlos Hyde? Carlos Hyde. <laughs> it's H-Y, right? H-Y-D-E. Six. Oh. That doesn't help you much. No. What about the What about the other side of that matchup? What about the Eagles? Talk to me about like Wendell Smallwood and LeGarrette Blunt. Smallwood's forty nine. There, there's a possibility. Okay, Blunt is fifty one. All right, swap out Kamura and give me Smallwood. All right, small, Smallwood. There he is, forty nine. Go to defenses and give <coughs> me the Vikings. I'm certain we're violating some sort of terms of agreement by doing this, but eh, not really. All 75 dogs listening will cash this week, so <laughs> who's a good boy? Minnesota. Wait, they're not on here. Oh, they're oh, they're oh. in London. Oh, they're in oh, London. No. Oh, who do you I go with? I can't use the Vikings defense. Oh, all right. So who else is low? Well, both low games are on Thursday and Monday. So who's the, the lowest total? The Saints defense is 34. The Bengals is 36. Give me the Bengals defense because they're playing the Colts. All right. That leaves you 19-9. And I still don't have any wideouts, right? You have none. 
and I and I need a flex too. You do need a flex. So what am I at? Like forty eight hundred per? Forty nine seventy five. Oh, for the love of cheese! All right. Um. Wow. I'm looking at the matchups. Go to the flex. All right. And well, how much is Tevin Coleman going to cost me? Because I'm looking at the Falcons at Jets. Fifty. Really? I'm sorry, five. Five thousand. Yeah. <sighs> What's Mohamed Sanu going to cost me? Sanu. We're way over time. Yeah, forty-nine. All right. So put Sanu in it wide out. Okay. See, this is the problem. In order for me to use a lineup <laughs> like this, is that expensive? I have to give back somewhere, and I'm just not comfortable giving back a wideout. Is what I should do. I'm looking at soft soft defenses. Hmm. And he's selling two receivers on a flex, and your average is you have fifteen hundred, fifteen thousand rather. I have fifteen thousand. So you have five thousand per. Five thousand per. Wow. This is hard. So, your starting option. How much is Nelson Aguilar? Al. He's got to come in under five k. Is it AG or AL? AGH. Uh, 50, 55. Are you kidding? For Nelson freaking Aguilar? Mm-hmm. All right. What about Marquise Goodwin on San Fran? <laughs> Here's where I'm going to save big time money. I'm going to go for the 39. Put him in. All right. He's put him in, in at wideout. So yep. I need a wideout and a flex, right? Yep. So I'm going to look to try and save a lot of money at wideout so that I can go heavy at flex. How much is Dan- Danny Amendola from the Patriots? And was it AM? AME. 57. 57. That is insane. It's robbery. Oh my gosh. That means Chris Hogan's got to be at like 6,500 to 7,000. 65. Oh my God. That's brutal. I got to find another whiteout somewhere, right? The Fell's 37. Yeah, put LaFell in. All right. What does that leave me for flex? That leaves you 7,400. See, now there it is. I saw I've starting. Saved... Your option is Allen playing no. New England. No. Freeman. Devontae? Yep. 72. Oh. Kronk is 71. Baldwin's 69. Cooks is 68. No, I don't like any of that. Give me Devontae Freeman. Now, don't submit that lineup because it's terrible, but I want to hear it read back to me. Carlos Wentz at 72. Carlos? Carlos? Carlos Carson. Wentz? Carson. Ingram at 74. Mm-hmm. Smallwood at 49. Okay. Goodwin at 39. Mm-hmm. Buffell at 37. Okay. Sanu at 49. Mm-hmm. Ertz at 7,000. Right. Freeman at 72. Okay. And the Bengals defense at 36. My problem with that lineup is there's not a single wide one on that lineup. No, there's not. It is You have all... $200... Of wiggle room. No, there's no wiggle room here. There's no wiggle room no, here. There isn't. Unless you got rid of Ingram or Wentz, but that's not going to work. <sighs> See, this is this is what I'm talking about when it's hard to build a lineup. So, and I and and I have Zach Ertz in, right? I have Zach Ertz on this lineup. Okay, so I've got my quarterback to his favorite receiver combination, which I really like in a lot of lineups. So I've got Wentz to Ertz, but I, honestly. I would throw this into a dollar double up and yep. pray. 
I would not play this lineup. You know what this I mean? This is really, not a tournament lineup, is what you're oh, saying. Oh, absolutely not, because it's too predictable. It's way too predictable. What's going to happen is like the fourth wide receiver from Philadelphia, who's only 2,500 because he's min salary, is going to come in on an injury, catch one touchdown pass, and blow the whole thing to crap. Right. That's what's going to happen. It happens every time. Every time. You know what I need to do? I need to sit down and run my numbers. This is Craig's way of politely <laughs> teaching me that running the numbers before the podcast is important because that way I know exactly who I want to pick. So I will do that, hey, friends. Man. What's that? People like drafts. They Quick do. little drafts. That's they what do. Happens. I will run my numbers. I will post them on the site before the end of the week, probably on Thursday at the latest. Like I said, I'm going to Rift Tracks tomorrow night. So I am not going to be able to do it on Wednesday, but I will definitely post an article on the website on Thursday. Uh, so by the time you're hearing this, just go to fignutsdfs.com and look for the week eight preview. So we are way over time. Craig, final thoughts. Just keep on going, man. This, this has been a really, really crazy year. Really Everyone weird. I talk to has played fantasy, whether it's DFS or uh, season long. It's just an insane year. Nothing has Fantasy's gone the way we thought. really not like this generally. No, it's a little bit more predictable. Yeah, but this is especially with injuries. This has been an Agreed. injury ridden year. The NFL is like Swiss cheese at Agreed. this point. So the only thing I'll add to that is I absolutely agree with Craig. But also reach out to us. We want to hear your season long questions. Questions. We want to hear your DFS questions. And there's a million ways to reach us. Fignutsdfs at gmail.com, at fignutsdfs on Twitter. We're the football fignuts on Facebook. Just reach out to us. We really love to hear back from our folks and leave spread the word. What's that? Leave a review on iTunes. And leave a review on iTunes or however you listen to us. Uh, we really appreciate all our listeners and want to grow the site and the podcast as much as possible. So with all that being said, I'm Overtime and I am Brit. I'm Craig. And this is the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Good luck in week eight, everybody. Mm-hmm.